0: We don't ever want to just, you know, say that because we have a product on the market and people say they like it, that that's good enough. Like we actually need data to show that and we need to know how we're going to improve because consumers evolve over time. Our products have to evolve over time and they evolve with those consumers. And so that's why
1: collecting this data um, is so, so critical. Hello, everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of The Raisin Brand. I'm your host, Jade Dharmawangza, and we're gonna raise your brand by designing a better, faster product using data. I'm very pumped for this episode because we have a special guest. Her name's Phaedra, the CEO of Sparrow. She combines food and technology. And if you've ever wanna start a business but didn't know where to begin, We're going to dive right in and we even talk about the future of using data to build a product people love and stand for. I'm obsessed with automation and AI, so this episode actually really excites me. Welcome, Phaedra. Tell us a little bit more about Sparrow. Yeah, so
0: thank you. I'm glad you're a fan. Um, Sparrow is taking a very different approach to food innovation and we are recreating dairy and egg products from plants to make them highly sustainable Highly nutritious, so they're actually good for you, and to make them actually taste good. Um, and there's really nothing else like this because we use ingredients that are called uh, seeds, like sunflower and pumpkin and hemp seeds, um, that are packed with protein and antioxidants and vitamins and minerals, and are one of the most sustainable crops you could possibly grow. And we turn them into things like cheese, like camembert and goat cheese, and scrambled eggs. And um, we're working on other products like milks and creamers and, and things like that.
1: By the way, I know you guys can't taste anything through your phone, but you have to try Sparrow. It's so good. Like me and the CEO founders made are obsessed. So young. Um. So yeah, tell me more. How did you start? I want to know your story.
0: Yeah, it's a great question um, because it's a very new and emerging field that we've never seen before. And it's slightly different than what we see within biotech, um, which is another emerging field. uh, like similar area. So food tech is sort of taking food that you traditionally see that you eat every day and merging technology with it. So that could be everything from understanding the science behind flavor or texture, or um, microbial testing to increase the shelf life, um, to looking at, you know, utilizing consumer feedback to improve products, or integrating like bioscience, so more the biotech side, maybe you're growing, um, you're fermenting, you know, fungi proteins or something else. So it's, it's really a, a very wide um, sort of definition. But anywhere you can integrate software, biology, chemistry, into advancing food, that's sort of what we coin as food technology.
1: No, that's honestly amazing. I haven't heard so many people develop culinary and technology together so tell me more how did you develop this you know plant-based cheese I, I want to know what was it like at the start
0: yeah in the very beginning it was it was really just a the thesis that we could we should not use nuts and um, grains to replace our dairy needs um, because you know dairy has a lot of issues in contributing to climate change it's a very very high um, contributor to uh, methane emissions and c o two emissions, and people had started to use nuts and soy to replace our dairy needs and I just you know it didn't make sense um, from a scaling perspective because nuts are very hard to scale very resource intensive and soy had a consumer perception issue, and so I saw this gold mine, which were oil seeds very cheap inexpensive, and expensive and nutrient um, dense and very healthy, and they fit all of the categories of being vegan paleo keto so that was positive as well. And so I just, I leveraged my pre-medicine and nutrition background from Cornell and um, started trying to understand, you know, what the science of cheese and um, the science of seeds and, and how you could find different chemical reactions to um, sort of take seeds and induce them to have similar flavors and textures of dairy cheese. So it was a lot of just like Google Scholar reading research papers and looking things up one off and, Um, You know, experimentation and uh, giving (laughs) giving my prototypes to people. And at first, you know, they were not so tasty, and but they got a lot (laughs) better over (laughs) time.
1: So, Feidra, you went to Cornell. It's obvious that you sound very wise and well versed. So, tell me, back when you were in high school, did you think you're going to start a food company, like, or would you were someone who would just hang out in the lab? Like, how much were you into business, or how much were you into science? Like, where were you when you were younger?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. They would like when I was in high school, my senior quantum physics project, I, I I made this artificial heart pump with like this free floating rotor and suspended by magnetism. And so yeah, like, I I think they would definitely say, say that they saw me as someone who would go into the sciences for sure.
1: All right, so I probably need to help in high school with my science classes. So probably need you then. (laughs) Fast forward. When did you start to realize you want to start a food company? Um, did you take on investors or like developing prototypes? What was the process like?
0: Yeah, I've been working on a prototype on the side, and between my working for Facebook and startups, um, and and developing the idea and developing the idea for the you know technology behind it as well, and and I decided one day earlier this year, you know, I was just feeling like it was the right moment in time that I was going to quit my job and, um, and start this full time. And then I ended up applying to an incubator called Y Combinator um, with just prototypes and an idea. um, And, you know, I gave them the the prototypes to try and and they were, they were good at that point. Um, That's what really helped me get the courage to start is people kept saying, that the prototypes were amazing. And so then I really saw that I was on to something. Um and then during my combinator, I actually launched the products. So that was a crazy amount of work. You know, doing the branding, doing the website, you know, finding a place to produce them out of. Um, I made almost all of them myself in the very beginning. Um, and just to, you know, prove the concept and show that people really liked what, what we had collected data on, on people's feedback, um, iterated from there. So they're even different than we first launched. And, you know, we're always open to changing if people, people want different attributes of the products.
1: Whoa, 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 hold up. So I've been really fascinated by data lately. One of my companies, PPJ App, is to focus on influencers and empowering them to know the data they're collecting. So what KPIs do you measure? Like, what type of data do you measure, like, customer happiness? Is there a certain number you're looking for? How do you measure
0: that? So it's a great question. And and there are a lot of companies who are, you know, spend significant amount of resources like Facebook and Google trying to understand consumer happiness and doing different Likert scales and, and attributing them to specific flows. Um, But when you're small, you know, you obviously have fewer resources and and less opportunities to collect data. So um, one of the first things we did is the trade shows that we've been to, we have surveys that people can fill out where they rate certain attributes of our products um, on scale. So that would be things like saltiness, you know, from not enough salt to too much salt and somewhere in the middle is the perfect happiness level. Um, Texture, like, is it too grainy? Is it too creamy? Is it too dry? Is it too moist? Um, is the flavor too little or is it too strong? And we collect all this and, and it tells us, um, you know, how do we, how do we improve our products? What flavors are the most popular, what flavors are the least popular. Um, and so, you know, and, and this is sort of a, this is a common practice actually in food science research for consumer behavior, just understanding how exactly to consumers perceive the the products generally and, um, And so we we did this so that we could understand where are the deficits in our products and how do we improve them? Like we don't, we don't ever want to just, you know, say that because we have a product on the market and people say they like it, that that's good enough. Like we actually need data to show that and we need to know how we're going to improve because consumers evolve over time. Our products have to evolve over time and they evolve with those consumers. And so that's why collecting this data um, is so, is so
1: critical. That's incredible. Uh, I don't think a lot of companies, like for example, uh, some startups, they just launch a product and like, and they're confused why there's no sales. They don't really put the effort into
0: pivoting and, you know, crafting based on the market, right? I'm I'm just curious to know, do you ever see uh, Sparrow Foods like stop evolving? Like you find a formula and it's done or do you think
1: over time you're going to keep tweaking or what's your process on that?
0: Yeah. So it's a great question. I think if you see your company as discontinuing its evolution, then I think what you're sort of asserting is that your company will become reach its potential at what it's currently good at, and then you'll kind of stop right um, and and then your company might die because consumers might move completely away from the product that you maximize the potential for and and I don't want that. I see sparrow as always evolving with consumer demands and with needs for the environment, needs for nutrition, needs for taste preferences. Um, and that could mean discontinuing some products can mean changing some products. And it, and of course means coming out with entirely new products. Um, and I think that's the only way you can ever truly innovate and like maintain a strong stance in, in the
1: industry. All right, guys, that was today's episode. I hope you enjoyed Leave a five star review on iTunes and subscribe. I love you guys so much. And I'm excited, Uh, quick announcement. I actually have a tour coming up very soon. Locations in Boston and New York. Visit my website if you want to meet me and see our brand new product and demo. Speaking of data, we want to help influencers and brands just really take in charge by um, developing a product that would really help you. So, PBJ App, which is my company, um, is doing a little pop up around the East Coast. So, we'd love to show you what we're working on. I know that sounds super secretive, but trust me, you got to come through if you're in those cities. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll catch you guys next time.